You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Hey, I am Joe. Good to see cars all around houses. That's one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving when you have to be out and about, you know, and stuff. And of course, when I was a kid, we would ride down to Aunt Ruth's. That's about a three-hour drive from Greensboro down to yeah, Sampson County, Eastern North Carolina. Very quiet on a Thanksgiving morning, you know. And you'd see a little house, a little ranch house off in the field somewhere, and it'd be an inordinate amount of cars there. <laughs> you know, and you think, ah, oh, the kids came back, friends came over and stuff. It's a neat, it's a neat scene, isn't it? That uh, pretty much you notice around Thanksgiving. Wow. So it's Monday Mug Day, and the latest and greatest thing on Monday Mug Day is that you have an opportunity at 620 to win my mug, the Cup of Joe Morning Show Travel Mug, the one and only, with a sample of Joe Coffee. Get this hotline in your phone. Lock it in. If you don't have it, get ready to call 800-946-1765. That'll be coming right up after the weather, all right, which is coming up in a few minutes. It's 616 right now. So I'm hoping I can time it good. My timing skills are lacking, I'll tell you the truth. Well, there's a new thing in football, a lot of football over the weekend. I can tell my wife had about had it yesterday at some point. You know, you can just tell, right? But uh, college football, very exciting going on. There's a new thing in college football. Hope it works out for the good. Players now can make money when the college uses their likeness uh, to make money, right? They've been doing that for years. But when they use their name, their image, or their likeness, they can make money. And Blake Corum, who is a football player for the University of Michigan, is having that happen to him. All right? But Blake, probably a little bit different take on taking the money. He is uh, giving it back. Uh, Before Thanksgiving this year, this uh, university football player took to the streets to help give a Thanksgiving meal to those less fortunate. Isn't that pretty cool? Good on you, young man, as they say. The writer of the article says, I don't know if he's going to have a professional career, but boy, he's sure making, you know, he's making decisions now, and he knows he can use his talents and treasures to help others. So pretty cool. That's what I'm talking about. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So here we go. It is Monday Mug Day, and as always, the first person with the correct answer on the hotline which is toll-free 800-946-1765. With the correct answer to this question, will you get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a sample of Joe Coffee? That's it. I just want to say they're not operators standing by, so if I'm talking on the air, I can't answer the phone. <laughs> so just wait a second. You'll be better off. That's the way it is. Right? I'm trying to help you out here this morning. All right, your question, your Monday Mug Day 620 question is this. What did Jesus do at the Last Supper to his disciples? Did he make wine, trim beards, or wash feet? You tell me right now. The Cup of Joe hotline is open. The Cup of Joe hotline is open. 1-800-946-1765. 1-800-946-1765. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline for the 620 edition of Monday Mug Day. See if anybody wants my mug. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline. Who's this? Good morning, Joe. This is Pauline from Port Jervis. Pauline from Port Jervis. I hope you're well. I am. Thank you. And you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It, it is a little rough getting back into the grind. Uh, no, I mean, not the grind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get back into Monday morning. Uh, Pauline, let's get right to it, okay? What did Jesus do the last supper to his disciples? Did he make wine, trim beards, or wash their feet? Wash their feet. He washed their feet, Pauline. You got the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with Joe Coffee. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. You are certainly welcome, Pauline, and a happy belated Thanksgiving to you and your family. Alrighty, we'll do it again at 7.20. It will not be Pauline on the phone. It will be you, baby. All right, so get ready. Lock in the contest number and win. (laughs) Fun times on Monday. Here we go. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. 
So Thanksgiving, I did at some point during the Thanksgiving holiday. It was really messed up, unfortunately. I, I hope people are well, better today in in uh, in the family, uh, because while my wife has three brothers, you know, they all have families, and so we kind of get together on the day after Thanksgiving. So we had uh, ham on Thanksgiving Day. Me and my wife and my youngest son. So that was that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But then we were counting on turkey the next day, and that fell through. Uh, so we had steak on <laughs> Thanksgiving. I'm sure that was a long way from uh, <clears throat> the original Thanksgiving meal. But uh, we finally did uh, yesterday. Had uh, had a deep-fried turkey. So we had one of those. It's uh, really neat. And I have to say, my son-in-law did it. And uh, we were joking around about the frozen turkey and all that stuff. And the women got scared, you know. But uh, we did it outside on the ground, out, you know, in case anything happened. So, but it came out fantastic. I mean, it was very uh, juicy. really was. People raved about it. So a good job there, son-in-law, son. Anyway, uh, but it's interesting. Uh, that's a, it's one of those things that's very tricky because the turkey is frozen. So it's always that thawing out process <laughs> makes it very tricky. No matter how you cook it, of course, if you're going to deep fry it and it's not thawed out, you're in big trouble. I don't even want to go into that. You, you do not want to do that. That's like the last thing on earth you want to do. But uh, the thawing has been uh, quite funny. And one thing I've learned through the Butterball Hotline, though, that using a hairdryer you know, one of those good 1,500-watt hair dryers ought to do it. You can actually do it, I think, and pretty quick. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So, uh, greetings uh, after a big holiday, Thanksgiving. Hope things went well for you, okay? It was uh, quite interesting for me, but um, I'm talking about that a little bit this morning. But I wanted to talk about Michael J. Fox a little bit. You probably know who I'm talking about. He's become very popular and seen a lot since he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and he is quite affected by that. Uh, it's been 30 years. No, wait a minute. Well, maybe. <laughs> he was diagnosed when he was 30 years old. So it's been a while. Of course, he got really famous. He was in that TV show. What was that, Full House? And then he was in uh, Back to the Future movies. That's where he got really famous. And he's been in other things as well, too, in uh, being seen in public recently, of uh, Michael J. Fox. He said, it's weird that all I've done as I've done as well as I have for as long as I have. People often think of Parkinson's as a visual thing, but the visuals of it are nothing. On any given day, my hands could be barely shaking. It's what you can't see, the lack of an inner gyroscope, of a sense of balance, of peripheral perception. I mean, I'm a sailing a ship on stormy seas on the brightest days. So I'll give you a little perspective, right? And even though uh, he acknowledges his struggles living with Parkinson's, he considers himself a very fortunate man. He says, it began with the tough working class family I was born into. I met the woman I married, had the children, and lived the life I live. It's hard to explain to people how fortunate I am because I also have Parkinson's. He said, don't get me wrong. Some days are a struggle, but I'm genuinely a happy guy. He has a foundation going, done a tremendous amount of work, of course. He realizes, he knows he can use his name, face, publicity, you know, good, good for uh, that organization there. Michael J. Fox went on to say, at a deeper level, I hope people see sincerity in the things I've said and I've done. I, if I've positively helped anybody with Parkinson, that's great too. I appreciate the purpose and the opportunity to help the foundation to be a part of something that's potentially so powerful and life-changing and world-changing. That is huge. All right, so we're at a giving time of the year, right? But he said something pretty amazing, which I thought will live on past all of us. Probably, I hope anyway, because it's really true, right? And in this Thanksgiving season, he said, if you don't think you have anything to be grateful for, you keep looking. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The Sound of Life. Wow. 
right, so here we go on a Monday mug day, right? The 720 opportunity to get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a sample of Joe Coffee. First person with the correct answer on the hotline, which is toll free, 800-946-1765. You win the mug, just like Pauline did at 620 this morning, but you get a different question. Yeah, they're, they're fun. That was a lot of fun. Play along, okay? What did the woman pour on Jesus' feet at the home of Simon the leper? What did the woman pour on Jesus' feet? It's very famous. At the home of Simon the leper. I'll give you a multiple choice. Was it a jar of expensive perfume? Was it body wash? Or was it cranberry sauce? Okay, well, uh, you listen, you call right now. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Here we go. It's the 720 edition of Monday Mug Day. Wow, we just have fun all over the place. For a Monday, this may be illegal or something. I'm sure there's a statute somewhere, but let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline. See if anybody wants my mug. Good morning. Cup of Joe Morning Show, who's this? This is Nina. Nina, hope yeah. you're well. I'm well. How are you doing, Joe? Good. Happy belated Thanksgiving. You know, hope it's good Thank for you. you. Well, Nina, do you want my mug? I do. All right. What did the poor? What, I'm sorry. What did the woman pour on Jesus' feet at the home of Simon the leper? Was it a jar of expensive perfume, body wash, or cranberry sauce? Expensive perfume. It sure. Was. Congratulations, you got my mug. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. And I listen every morning on my way to work. I, I love I love the sound of life. Wow, thank you so much, Nina. We love you, too. It's the reason I get out of bed in the morning. That's absolutely right, because you guys are there. Going. Wow. 7.30. Special announcement coming up. Hang on. The Sound of Life. Today, live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's the Grand Ole Opry. Those words were said for the very first time today, 1925. More about that later. Because <laughs> it really threw me for a loop. Uh, but, and I hope this throws you for a loop too. A very special announcement, shall we say. All right. And uh, it has to do with tickets for, for King and Country. So, listen up. All right. There's a special, today is Cyber Monday. The Monday after Thanksgiving is always known as Cyber Monday. And it's just been kicked up a notch because there's a deal on for King and Country concert tickets just this morning. Check it out on our website. It's called the 3 Plus Me 4 Tickets for the price of 3 with the code that you will need sometime between... 8 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. Okay, so just this morning. Boy, they mean it. Just today, November 28th, in select sections of the MVP arena. All right? It's the 3 Plus Me deal. And if you go online, click on the banner on our website, you go right to that. The code that you need is 3 Plus Me. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It is the number three, and then write out plus me. All right, P-L-U-S-M-E. All right, three plus me tickets. Four tickets for the price of three in select sections. Sounds pretty awesome to me. All right, so click on the banner right on our website, the Four King and Country banner. At soundoflife.org. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The Sound of Life. Very interesting thing happened. A cultural phenomenon happened. None like we've ever seen before or hence, I do believe, from of all places, Nashville, Tennessee. When I say those two words, you automatically, I know what you think, country music, right? And you think it's been that way forever. But back before 1925... It was a classical music place. In fact, Nashville actually has a life-size replica of the Greek Parthenon. If I said that correct, they, um, yeah, they were they were huge in classical music. However, there was a station that started in Chicago, WLS radio station, in like 1920 somewhere in there, 
and uh, a man who was the son of a man who owned a regional insurance company in Nashville said, you know what? We ought to start one of those radio stations, play music on there, and we could advertise our insurance company on it. Hey, let's do that, okay? So they decided to play the barn dance. WLS in Chicago had the barn dance. So they called it the WSM Barn Dance, the station in Nashville. Well, the community was fit to be tied. They said, well, whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going down that route. No, we need an orchestra. We need classical music on there, too. So the hour before... They put on classical music. So things were going good because they called it the WSM Barn Dance on this day in 1925 when it came on WSM in Nashville. But it was two years later when the classical music was playing and they were wrapping it up. Now, in those days, of course, you had to have an orchestra. If you had music, it was coming live. The orchestra had to either be where you were or you had to be where the orchestra was. That's the way it was. So they were wrapping it up, and they they had a um, sound like a an engine, train engine sound. Well, the barn dance guys had a um, harmonica player, was one of the finest in the world, who could play the train that sounded just like you were on a train. It was incredible, they said. So the uh, Bill Cody, I think was his name, at the microphone, the announcer, was getting about time to go on the air. He called for the the uh, harmonica player to come over. He said, I point to you, you know, you start playing the train. So they were wrapping up the classical music and the train sound, and he came on the air, and he said, yes, they have the trained sound, but we put you on the train. Welcome to the Grand Ole Opry. Those words had never been said before. And they were said for the first time in 1927. And they've been said ever since. And it's the longest radio program in history. It's pretty incredible. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I am Joe. And yes, might as well bring in those Christmas bells, right? Something happened to my wife after Thanksgiving dinner, and she just, we got we got the tree is up and lights uh, outside, inside. It has never happened before. I just want to say that. I mean, it is no, it never happened. I've got stories about picking up a tree the three days before Christmas. It's amazing. I noticed that uh, one of the colleges in our area is showing, among other things, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. We were watching one of the great old movies yesterday. Um, a Christmas Carol. I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know who's in it. It was the old black and white version. You know, my favorite's the one with George C. Scott in it. A lot of people like the Muppets. But everybody loves that Carol written in the mid-1800s that really did a lot to change the celebration of Christmas to get people to go, wait a minute, life is too short. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. We're so concerned about our work and our striving ahead. It really did do that. And I think Charles Dickens, knowing how it came about, knowing his life status, knew that it probably was that great a deal. And he's brilliant in that it used a ghost story um, I hope not giving away too much because in that era, telling of ghost stories at Christmas time for some reason was a very popular thing to do. So he got a hold of that, you know, and of course, redemption is the story there. A lot of people forget about that. They use, still use the name Scrooge, of course. Yeah, he's an old Scrooge, right? But Scrooge was redeemed at the end, right? He was a completely different person. Um, spiritually, that's the whole thing. And he saw life in a different way. And, of course, the sad part is, the, re- the real interesting thing is that I've observed is that people really want that. That's one of the reasons a Christmas carol is still performed today by kids, by proficient actors. We sit down and watch an old black and white movie. It goes, man, that's like the best version ever or the Muppets or whatever. You know, we love redemption stories. It's amazing. Sometimes we miss 
the biggest redemption story of all in the fact that God's son did it for you. He met every requirement, every prophecy said about him hundreds of years before. He met every one of those. And he was God's high priest, right? Not in the line of Levi, but God's high priest for you. That's the thing. His blood was shed once and for all. That was it. That's all. He said, it's finished. It's done. It covered people who were looking ahead way back in the day to what was coming, to the salvation that was coming. It's really amazing. It's so profound, the God's goodness and love for you. It's just hard to get a hold of. And my prayer is that I hope you do that today, if not, in renewed joy. The Sound of Life. I was going to talk to the kids about woodpeckers and, you know, how they bang their heads all the time. But I'll, I'll do that another time. I was just thinking about that song, Build a Boat, obviously, and it's about the ark that was built. And it's gotten a lot of discussion lately. And you can probably thank creation uh, in, in Kentucky, the, the, um, the creation ministry there, Ken Ham, has built a life-size ark based on the dimensions given in the Bible. And so there's been a lot of renewed talk about that. And actually, in National Geographic, I was looking at an article that was called, titled, Why the Ark Will Never Be Found. And I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, So I'm skeptical going in thinking that they don't believe the Bible account anyway. Well, I was a little bit wrong on that because they treat it pretty well, you know, uh, the Bible account. They bring up the fact that other... Uh, BC, you know, thousands of years BC civilizations uh, in their history talk about a flood, you know, and and so and they said, well, you know, maybe it wasn't worldwide, but maybe it was massive kind of. There is evidence, you know, and so it was very interesting talking about it. The fact that archaeologists have been in the past have been known to go look for it, of course based on where they think it is and they said that's just not science that's not the way to do it and i thought well yeah probably not you know they go out and look and what they find they piece together but they brought up something in this article kids that i thought was amazing and i have never thought about this before you think about this all right when it comes to noah's ark all right and the Bible, of course, doesn't tell you, it talks about the, the dry land, it landed, and the family got off and stuff, right? And so in this National Geographic article, they were saying there wouldn't have been any kind of usable wood, would there, right? So they very likely dismantled the ark to use the wood and the structures that they had built in there. And I thought, that actually <laughs> makes Pretty good sense, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Can I get an amen? The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Hey, I am Joe, your host this morning. Love this. Uh, Emily posted on social media a photograph of her and her new friend that she just met one day because he wanted to talk to her, right? He's uh, Patrick is his name. He's 86. Emily said he stopped me in Leeds yesterday to ask me how my day was. And he then asked me if by chance I had time for coffee. And she thought, sure. I canceled meetings. I spent two hours with the most wonderful man. He opened doors for me, told me about his marriage to his late wife, shared pictures of his family. He said that when he married his wife, he told her the best is yet to come. And that he still lives by that now. Patrick was the perfect reminder that amongst the hustle and bustle of everyday life and work, time really is the greatest gift to someone. It was the best gift I've received in years, Emily said. Time. Precious. The Sound of Life. So, Jim Trelease is a writer of books, some pretty interesting books. And you know, I think Jim is right about this. He said no player in the NBA was born wanting to play basketball. The desire to play ball, or even the desire to read, has to be planted. He said the last 25 years of research show that reading aloud to a child is the oldest, cheapest, and most successful method 
of instilling that desire. Shooting baskets with your child creates basketball player. Reading to a child creates a reader. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The Sound of Life. Really cool story. I'm glad Mom posted this. I mean, she just had to. She was busting at the seams. She's in the checkout. She whispers to her little girl, her daughter, as she presses her body against mine. I said, tell her. Tell her. She wrapped my free arm around her little shoulders while I finished loading the groceries under the conveyor belt. I smiled at the young cashier who had streaks of blue and purple swirling into her otherwise jet black ponytail. My daughter was right when she whispered to me, her hair is so pretty. And I repeated, tell her. I gave her a little nudge, you know. My girl only dug her pink cheeks deeper into my side as she nervously twisted the hem of my sleeve in her small fist. The cashier looked down at my daughter, her expression mostly bland with a hint of concern. And I said, my daughter thinks your hair is beautiful. And the cashier's face lit up. And she said, you do? (laughs) This coaxed my little one out from her hiding place. She looked up and nodded. Thank you so much. The cashier said, you made my day. She had a smile now, brilliant enough to compete with her highlights. My daughter returned it with her beaming smile of her own. And as we're walking out the door, holding my daughter's hand, I stole a glance back at that young woman. Her energy was clearly brighter now than it had been when we first entered the line. After loading my groceries in the trunk, I climbed into the driver's seat. It was then that my daughter made a declaration. She said, Mom, I think I'm going to start telling everyone when I light their hair. I said, you should, honey. And she did. And she still does. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. I am Joe, and this has got to be one of the most refreshing, honest, and yet funniest social media posts I have ever seen. Guy got a sandwich and looked, you know, they write notes on the sandwich. I don't know if they ever put your name on the sandwich. Some places do that, but they write little abbreviated notes on the sandwich And this one said, must let Tom pick onion. And he said, I spent five minutes trying to figure out who Tom is and what his onion picking skills have to do with my sandwich. And then after that first cup of coffee kicked in, he probably realized that the let was spelled with two T's. And he thought, oh, oh, that's right. I ordered that. Mustard, lettuce, Tom, pickles, and onion. I think it just happened by sheer just happens it just happened to be in the cards as they say right to happen that way right this is all some kind of whacked out conspiracy. no i don't think so waking up with a cup of joe i can't imagine traveling to school every day without it it helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers so thank you for all that you do the sound of life hey i got something for you because somebody asked They've heard, well, first of all, they said, I've heard once saved, always saved. Is that really true? Okay. I'm going to give you a quick answer, and it's from Hebrews. We've been studying Hebrews in church the last several weeks. It is absolutely incredible. We're going line by line down Hebrews. But if you look in Hebrews chapter 10, right, that your sin has been completely forgiven, past, present, and future. Check out Hebrews 10, 14. Also, we have received the gift of eternal life. Eternal life. Not temporary life. Words are powerful. And eternal means eternal, forever. God has given you many promises assuring you that he will never leave you. And for those reasons, we as believers, followers of Christ, we're saved completely and forever. Again, in Hebrews 7, Chapter 7, verse 25, Hebrews 7, 25. A lot of great stuff in Hebrews. Oh, man. It is just lighting up. Well, it's lighting me up anyway. <laughs> the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. Hey, good morning to you. I'm Joe, and I was checking out the uh, Rockefeller Christmas tree. Lighting is tonight. Love that. Been in the city, you know, with about 8 
bazillion people all around Midtown Manhattan there and going around. You're looking for the tree, right? You, it's like right around the corner. But there's so much cacophony, so much going on in in Manhattan that you have to be, you have to focus on it, right? There's a sermon on that, Pastor. And there's somewhere, right? You have to take a look and focus on it. Well, this, I will say, is geared to the student getting ready to take off, go to school today. In the midst of all that, I'm going to appeal to your scientific, natural mind here. Something they've been working on for years. I can't believe they haven't figured out why woodpeckers don't damage their brains when they, you know, like that, pick on that wood there. So... And they just commonly thought that woodpeckers had some kind of special padding or something up there. I have a lot of woodpeckers in my yard. I have a lot of dead trees, number one, and we feed them, <laughs> number two, and they love it. Uh, they'll get so right now that they'll be on the feeder with the suet, and I'll park two feet beside them when I get home. And then they, they just they just kind of look at me, you know, out of one eye and going about their business getting food from the other. But it was the scientists recently took a look at it and they realized that, you know, it's like a hammer hitting wood. Bam, 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 like that. And it's repeatedly decelerating. I mean, if it was a human brain, he'd have a concussion after hundreds of blows in a single day. A woodpecker's brain remains unharmed, obviously, because they come back the next day and they seem to be fine, right? So the researchers have suggested that this protection is caused by the tiny size and the weight of the whole bird and the brain and everything. It's 700 times smaller than ours. So that does, I mean, it's the only explanation. What other explanation is there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. A creature specially designed by, by a creator God for the purpose that it does. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, you know, it is, as one scientist said, it's a biomechanical law because it's smaller and it can withstand it. All right. So explain that. If I want to see the whole evolutionary paper on that one right there. And I'm sure there is one somewhere. Oh, you've right? got to admit that, that is pretty neat. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. Speaking of entertainment, boy, I tell you, it's just amazing how God works. And what it's been like 40 years that Sight and Sound has been producing a Broadway-style play there in uh, near, well, south of Hershey, uh, eastern Pennsylvania. We go, it seems like that's a tradition now. Every summer, we get a bus, we go down there, you want to be a part of that. It's amazing, incredible theater, Sight and Sound theaters there uh, in the Amish country in Pennsylvania. And But what happened during the pandemic in 2020, you know, the doors were shut. Nobody could come in and stuff for the longest time. But that adversity sparked innovation. And more than 3 million people worldwide on Easter weekend of 2020 watched the streaming version of Sight & Sound stage musical titled Jesus. Okay, so they're so used to people coming in a couple shows a day. People come from all over the United States and their buses coming in and stuff, you know, and now it's shut down. What are you going to do? And Jesus said, watch me work. And three million people at the same time watch Jesus on film. It's incredible. So now they have a new brand, basically, producing films. That's what they do. And their very first one is coming out tomorrow. And it's called I Heard the Bells, which is the story of American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who wrote that song that you hear really as a poem. And it's an incredible story. Boy, just like everything that Sight and Sound does, boy, it's going to be emotional. It'll be incredible. I think we can have a group from The Sound of Life going down to Poughkeepsie to the theater uh, on Friday, the 2nd. All right, so it's going to be out there. Uh, he wrote the poem that became that famous Christmas carol. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, and I will certainly post the link to that on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Wow, for that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. God reigns supreme. I don't know if we can really get a hold of that or not. Check out Revelation chapter 11, verse 16 there, you know. I mean, you got all this negativity that's just filling up the world. It seems like every day, you know, a piece of 
junk is just added on the big pile. If I, I was in my mind, I'm visualizing a garbage pile, you know, but you got God reigning over the universe infinitely positive i know i saw somebody said yeah i was getting ready to kind of fuss at god you know if you're all powerful we got why we got all this poverty and hurt in the world and hunger and everything why don't you do something about it and i was like then i was afraid he'd ask me the same question the sound of life you just hang on right where you are right there it's beginning to look a lot like christmas and this is christmas and all of that yeah what a coincidence that i would be talking and i'm joe about Tim Allen is back as Santa Claus. Remember the Santa Claus uh, movie there? A couple of them. I always lose track after the first one. I don't know how many they made, but Tim Allen's on Disney Plus series, The Santa Clauses. All right. I thought he, they redid the movie or made the movie again, but this is a series. Okay. The Santa Clauses. 69 years old now, Tim Allen is. Hey, I can relate. Uh, he said religion will be present in this new six part series. On Disney Plus, an interesting diversion from the first three. Oh, yeah. He said, we're focusing on Christmas or Christmas, Christmas, the season's true meaning. He said it originally had a lot of otherworldly characters. The, the series that they were going to do originally had ghosts, goblins, and Tim Allen said, no, this is Christmas. It's Christmas. It literally is a religious holiday. He said. Hey, you believe that? He's saying that. We don't have to blow trumpets, but I do want you to acknowledge it. That's what this is about. If you want to get into Santa Claus, you're going to have to go back to history. And that's what it's all about. Religion. Isn't that amazing? I think, I think I'm going to like this. All right. Now, I will tell you this. You don't see this, quote, brilliant way religion is tackled in the series until the final two episodes. So you have to give it a little bit there. All right, you're watching there. Said it's really wonderful, Tim Allen said. He said they took a chance. We did it really well. So he's been going around people's TV shows, and, you know, talk shows and all that kind of stuff. He said later on we dive into St. Nicholas, this Turkish priest that started the whole what we call Santa Claus thing. He said he, Tim Allen's delivering a powerful message about the power of giving. He said we've turned it into getting. He said it's all about giving, right? Saying Merry Christmas has become problematic and that's what started the whole Twitter uproar right there. Mm, problematic. God uh, bless us, everyone. There you go. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I am Joe and I say congratulations a couple times this morning to the U.S. men's team. They're in the Sweet 16 as I like to call it. They call it the knockout round. Wow. Welcome to the World Cup. That's the way it is. In Qatar. A uh, place that's not as big as, well, it's about the same size as the state of Connecticut. They spent $200 billion on the World Cup, getting everything ready to give you. Put that in perspective, Russia, 2016, spent $20 billion. So $200 billion, they're very concerned about the loss of migrant workers' lives. People talking about, they finally admitted probably four to 500 people lost their lives building that. All right. But keep it in prayer for the reason that Christians are there. And as happens, it seems, around the world in places where it's very hostile to be a follower of Jesus, it's flourishing. Right? Well, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a... I don't know if it's flourishing like you would think here on an Easter, but it's growing, right? It's, a, it's an amazing place because um, there's a lot of people around the world being persecuted. It's an Arab nation, and followers of Christ are largely given the freedom to worship, but Qatari Christians are forbidden from having their own church or even entering a church, and leaving Islam carries the death penalty. So, um, you know, as followers of Christ, we know and serve a God who takes what is meant for evil and uses it for his glory and goodness. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. That's happening in Qatar, they say. Church leaders there say that the church is growing despite the challenges. Church leaders are praying for a, quote, big move of the Holy Spirit during the World Cup. And that is my prayer as well for them. And pray along to that end right there. One church leader um, for the migrant workers there shared that uh, they already see the movement of the Holy Spirit in Qatar. God is visiting people in their dreams God is doing miracles. God is doing healings among the Qatari people. Isn't that amazing. So then over 
the month, this month, and in the month end as we get into December and stuff, we're all thinking about Christmas and stuff. There'll be a lot of people watching all around the world. There'll be a lot of people going in and out of Qatar, right? Soccer is often called, or football as they call it, is often called the beautiful game. But nothing can be as beautiful as the people of God standing with one another in prayer. And that's what we're doing for the World Cup. Amazingly enough, God's working. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. One thing you need to understand is the nature of dogs or nothing wonderful will come of the story that I'm about to relate. It has to do with the World Cup. United States in the, well, they call it the knockout round. Thank you very much. The, the Sweet 16, I like to say, of the World Cup. So here we go. That's coming up Saturday at 10 in the morning. All right, the next match there. But back in 1966, kids, the World Cup trophy, which is quite beautiful, I understand, was in London on display because London was hosting the World Cup that summer. And in March of 1966, they put it on display. The World Cup, I'll give you a little bit. It was named after this man designed it. Um, and it is made out, I was trying to figure it's made, it. Uh, Jules Rimmett is the one who launched the World Cup, and it's named after him, in case you hear that name. Uh, a sculptor by the name of Ebel Lefleur made it of gold-plated silver and lapilazuli. It's not an Italian dish. I guess that's an element, a medal. Depicts the ancient Greek goddess of victory, Nike. Yes. So it's kind of cool, but they put it on display, and the next day it was missing. <laughs> and, and then started what is in every cop show on TV ever. <laughs> All right? Security goes, we didn't do anything wrong. We don't know what happened. But somebody saw a strange-looking man moments before we noticed it gone, leaving the building. And then a day later, the head of the football committee gets a package with the lining, removable lining from the top of the trophy and a ransom note, 15,000 pounds from a man who called himself Jackson, right? He said, don't go to the cops, don't go to the press. Of course, the head of the committee is a smart man, so he went right to the cops, Scotland Yard in London, of course, and they put together this arrangement where they were going to, they got fake money and put it in uh, a suitcase. And the man, you know, that got the package, head of the football committee there, he's uh, going to go meet him. But that morning he was supposed to go meet him, he was very ill and in bed. So they had to get his assistant, who happened to be a cop, so he goes and they meet at the destination. The man believes. He looks, you know, look at the money. There it is. Okay. And he said, yeah, there's the money. All right. And then he said what every cop show person says. Every bad guy says, well, I don't have it with me. But if you follow me, it's a 10-minute drive to where it is. Uh-huh. All right. So they're going along. And the man who was, you know, leading the cop to where the trophy was he thinks, this guy's a cop, man. I'm, they're on to me. And he rolled out of the car, basically. And this chase ensued, and they caught him. And he said, dude, I'm not the guy that took it. They just paid me 500 pounds to be the intermediary. Oh, I see. Okay. And they didn't know what to do. And six days after it went missing, a man named David walking his dog, Pickles, and Pickles doing what they do, I guess. And he's sniffing around and everything. And he looks on the ground and he sees a package. This is in South London. Not that you would know what it looked like or anything. But he sees a package laying there on the ground wrapped in newspaper. And it happened to be, you got it, the World Cup. There it is. So hopefully we'll see it soon. Beam us up, Scotty. Listener supported the sound of life. So I'm Joe and it's not uh, November anymore. That's <laughs> And uh, But it's okay. I'm still praying for the persecuted church. And boy, according to Voice of the Martyrs, we've got places all around the world where there's lots of people. Might as well go to Qatar, right, where the World Cup is being played. I was just talking about that a moment ago. And I know uh, that's Voice of the Martyrs is their open doors mission. They are there. And they, they do give a lot of aid. Probably the biggest thing is when they say, you know what, there's people all over the world in our organization and people connected uh, that are praying for you. It just makes it worth it. It just fortifies them and energizes them because their prayer is that more people will know the truth. 
you know, here are people who are going through a system or whatever it is, um, and and they find out Jesus, and Jesus is the truth, and then they come to realize that, they, man, they're on fire. So we're just praying that the few known local believers in Qatar, and they are growing, that they will grow as biblical disciples used by God. In Qatar, you, officially, you can practice a re any religion you want to, but if you're Christian, I know you can't go to a church, so church for you so uh and it doesn't say there's not personal uh you know maybe discrimination or persecution something like that so lord we're praying and, and rejoicing in those believers that are in that country of qatar right now and as people are watching online and people coming in there uh, for the world cup we just pray that the truth of jesus will spread right in jesus name we pray Amen. Thank you so much. The Sound of Life. Audla Entertainment coming your way. Since the pandemic, of course, we have all these options online, you know, like never before. Whereas usually if new entertainment, new show was coming out, maybe it'd be on a network or in a theater or something like that. You remember The Santa Claus, that movie with Tim Allen? I don't know how many of those they made. Remember the original Tim Allen and the Santa Claus may be worth watching that before you watch the new Santa Clauses. That's the series. Tim Allen's in it. It's on Disney Plus. The Santa Clauses. And Tim Allen said this series, six-part series, will. He said religion will be present. Yeah. <laughs> I know. People get excited about that, right? It didn't start out that way, though. No, it started out with a lot of odd characters, ghost goblins, and things like that. And Tim Allen said, this is Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> he probably said it just like that, too. And so they changed it around. And now you won't notice it until the last two episodes, he said, right? So the final two episodes are really, really going to get into it. He said, it's really wonderful. They took a chance, and we did it. Really well, so he's been out and about on talk shows and stuff like that. Um, they they're gonna do a deep dive into Saint Nicholas, the Turkish priest that started the whole man in the red suit kind of thing. You know that whole kind of thing like that. So give you a little bit of a spoiler right there. Okay, I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's Tim Allen said it's a powerful message, and he's thank God for him, man. I'm telling you, it takes a lot. You know that's easy to say. Well, they should be standing. You know. Yeah, okay. Well, this isn't your local church play, right? This is big time. This is big money. Big money in this, okay? And that's usually what influences our culture. If you wonder why certain things are in the news, why are they talking about this all the time? Money. <laughs> okay? It's the way it is. That's kind of the way it is. But it's good. This is very refreshing right here. Then one of the things that kind of came out of it was, I guess, the fact of saying Merry Christmas, as Tim said, has suddenly become problematic. And I guess he started a big Twitter uproar, but that's like a whole nother station. to Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. I'm Joe, cup of joe, morning Joe. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to let you know that I listen to the Sound of Life every day. God bless you. I thank you for that. I appreciate that. May God be in your life in a real big way today. And you too, yes. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The Sound of Life. During Giving Tuesday a couple days ago, you were on our mind. Did I say that right? Hopefully. You are uh, just amazing how many of you decided to give and support The Sound of Life financially. And this is a time when whew, finances, to say the least, to be gentle, are tight. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not funny. It's, I, 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 my laugh is just a nervous laugh. It's, it's a very serious thing. It's not funny. But here's the thing that makes it such a God thing. God is working in such a huge way. And maybe because of that, I, I don't know. But we had some gifts 
Well, they were all fantastic. Absolutely amazing. And, and lo and behold, it corresponds with a study that was just done of giving in the year 2021. And it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, do Christians, do Bible-believing people, church-going people actually give more to charities? You think? The study was incredible. They called it uh, Bible, Bible, um, Bible, be people with the disengaged, Bible engaged and Bible disengaged, okay? So Bible engaged families, you're going you're gonna to run off the road when you hear this, give about $3,000 almost a year as opposed to Bible disengaged give less than 1000 I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. People, Bible-engaged en people in, in the year 2021 gave $145 billion to charitable causes. Yes, Mr. Bono, head of Phenomenal Rock Group U2. No, the government doesn't give what other governments give to charities. Our people give. The people of this country give and support other charities. They give it on their own after the, the, you know, the government's already taken the taxes, after they've paid for a tank of gas and groceries and all that stuff. It's phenomenal. And I'll tell you something else that uh, I've seen happen during our fundraisers because, you know, you get, uh, say you get 100 calls, people promising to give, right? They're pledging to give, right? And then you put it down there. And a certain percentage of that, there's a there's a you know contemporary Christian music radio group percentage of people who actually come through and give. You guys blow that out of the water. It's it's basically 100. percent I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And that's what led me to say as many times as I can, saying thank you that you are phenomenally, phenomenally generous people. Thank you so much. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Well, Voltaire said the most important decision you make basically is to be in a good mood. <laughs> That's one of the tough ones. But you got to admit, it's important in an effort to that end. And today being Peppermint Bark Day, I was really thrown for a loop right here. I thought Peppermint Bark Day. So I looked it up. It was founded. It was invented. Uh, by Chuck Williams, who actually founded a company called Williams Sonoma. And it's a seasonal treat, peppermint. For some reason, it's illegal, like in July, I guess. No, I can't do that. But uh, it's uh, this time of the year, 1998 is when it came out. His version took more than 24 hours from the start to finish to complete. But I went online, and I got a recipe that's like 10 minutes <laughs> So I said, oh, now we're talking. How bad could it be, right? You put all the ingredients together, you know. I mean, you could burn it, I guess, but that's kind of the way it is right there. So uh, Peppermint Bark Day. Have fun with the recipe I posted on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Whenever I say something like that and I say I posted it, that's where it's going to be. Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page you can like me. I was thinking, I hope it's not as complicated as ordering coffee, like I go to the coffee place, I want to order coffee for my wife, like Nate said. I mean, this is terrible. If I have to get my wife's coffee, she has to text me what she wants, because I don't know how to pronounce like most of the words there. So I just show them the phone, because she wants this. And they're like, does she want it in Sweden? I'm like, guess we have to call her now, don't we? And I make them talk to her. I go, talk to a stranger's wife. Say what you said to me. The sound of life. Boy, have I got a neat story. Uh, I'm glad that Casey Fisher posted this on social media and let everybody know. Again, you know, it's like, boy, you encourage people by your actions and what you see. It's amazing. And he had, all he did was just kind of take a few moments, right? So he said, today I went to Dunkin' Donuts and saw a clearly homeless guy sitting on the side of the road picking up change. Eventually, I saw him stroll into the Duncan as he was counting his change to buy something. I began to get kind of super annoyed and talked to him over and over again, even when he didn't really want to talk. Since he had maybe a dollar in change, Casey said, I, I bought him a coffee and bagel, and I asked him to sit down with me. He told me how uh, people are usually very mean to him because he's homeless, how drugs turned him into the person he hated. 
He lost his mom to cancer. He never knew his dad, and he just wants to be someone his mom would be proud of. Along with another hour's worth of conversation, this lovely man's name was Chris. And Chris was one of the most honest and sincere people I have ever met. After realizing I really needed to get back to class, Chris asked me to wait so he could write something down for me. He handed me a crumpled up receipt. He apologized for having shaky handwriting. He smiled and left. When I had an opportunity, I opened up his note. And this is what it said. I wanted to kill myself today because of you. I now do not. Thank you, beautiful person. The sound of life. Wow, here we go. I am Joe helping you out here. Listen up. Take a deep breath, first of all. That's always good. Reasons that you don't have to do it all this holiday season. And first of all, nobody is going to grade you on, well, anything really. Your Christmas tree, your decorations. Mom, those Christmas tree cookies, it's okay if they don't look like Christmas trees exactly. They're fine. They taste fine. It's okay, you know. The light display, the fireplace, mantle decor. I mean, you know, you're in this era of home makeover shows and unlimited Pinterest ideas. Boy, all that stuff is kind of pressuring you to decorate your homes in the most elaborate fashion you can afford, right? We spend days hooking up lights and untangling ornaments and find irresistibly cute craft projects online and stay up late finishing them and all that. I think what happens is every year you add something, at least something, right? And so it doesn't take long before it's just amazing, uh, kind of, in a way, right? And I mean, you know, people appreciate your efforts. There's no doubt about it. Hey, I give you a thumbs up on social media. I give you a like. Is it worth it? (laughs) Is it worth being a nervous wreck, right? Trying to do it all. Just decide if you want to decorate, first of all. Can you find a better use of your time and money? Ooh-ooh. Right? If you do want to decorate, how can you simplify? Mm. Determine which ornaments decorations mean the most. You might turn the decorating chore into a meaningful time with friends by hosting a potluck tree trimming party. That's not a bad idea. So in the weeks leading up to Christmas, here we go. Have the kids hang a couple of ornaments on the tree each day as you talk about the meaning of the manger or the star. Pretty cool stuff for you this morning from Cup of Joe Morning Show. So we're talking about waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. We're talking earlier about, uh, you know, not stressing. And one of the big things is we tend to add, I think we tend to add to decorations. We expect perfection because we see perfection, don't we? All over Pinterest and Social media places, you know how that, and that affects everyday life. And it's not in a good way because it's fake. (laughs) Somebody took a picture of the one of the most beautiful apples I'd ever seen and posted it. And then they showed you the backside of it. Completely different. They said, see, what the images you see on social media are not what you think. But I digress. So there's a whole, you know... Just take a deep breath, relax. My mom, she'd make these cookies, the most amazing. Well, of course, the Christmas cookies, you know, sugar cookies is the most amazing thing ever. And now I can't eat them. And then she, they look like Christmas trees when you put them in the oven. But when they came out, they were, eh, you know, like submarines or something. But And she would always, oh, they don't want gone. <laughs> mom, they're great, you know. And it's the truth. Stop stressing. Now, one of the things is... Christmas traditions. There's probably traditions in your family. So that's important to do. I'm not saying don't do something that's a Christmas tradition. You know, if it's a dinner or people over or the tree, you know, going to get the tree could be a Christmas tradition, whatever it would be, you know. So what would it be, Connie? What's your tradition? Got a Christmas tradition? We used to do a progressive Christmas with my husband's extended family, but then we got to be such a large family that we couldn't do that anymore. What is a progressive Um, Christmas? Well, everybody would have their own family Christmas at home first in the morning, and then they would start at our house for a soup course. So it was like soup and crackers and cheese, and then we would move on to the my brother-in-law's house for a salad bar that they would put out for us. Oh. And then we moved to my mother-in-law's house, and she had the main course, which was usually like lasagna and bread and 
maybe a vegetable. And then we would go to my sister-in-law's in the evening for dessert. So it was quite lovely. Ooh, waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. It's become a tradition here in sometime during the summer. We get a bus trip to Sight and Sound in eastern Pennsylvania there in the Amish country. Sight and Sound Theater's been producing Broadway-style biblical musicals, in case you didn't know, for over 40 years. It's phenomenal. First time you walk in that theater, you're like, I mean, kind of, you know. It's really cool, and they're very friendly and everything. So what happened is when the pandemic hit in 2020, everything shut down, right? What do they do? But because of that adversity... I think God said, watch me work right there. And they came up with a making a movie out of the presentation of Jesus. And in Easter, around Easter of 2020, over 3 million people worldwide watched the Sight and Sound movie production of Jesus. And they said, hey, we can do this. And so they started Sight and Sound Films to produce inspiring films based on historical events. And the very first one has just come out. It's in theaters, I think, last night, pretty much everywhere this weekend. It's called I Heard the Bells. You say, well, that's a song, isn't it? Yeah, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. That was written as a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I believe he was the poet laureate at some time. He lived basically in the 1800s. During the Civil War, he suffered incredible tragedy before Christmas. I don't want to give away everything, you know. But there's a reason that he has a beard, okay? I'll just say that. Anyway, it's a pretty powerful story. It's being rated today by Plugged In Movie Review. They gave it a four out of five, so... I'm thinking maybe does this Sermon on the Mount get a five out of five? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. But I guess there's some there's some pretty adult moments of heartache in there. No doubt about it. But it'll be worth watching. We, uh, I know some people from here are going down to Poughkeepsie to see it. And I posted the link for I Heard the Bells on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page where you can put in your zip code and get the theater you want to go to and all that. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life. I am Joe and a big shout out to a friend I haven't seen in a long time, Bob Christensen. He, uh, he sent me a little letter there and it was because of the fall fundraiser. He just he sent in his gift and he just said... Uh, Say, say hello to Joe for me. Uh, Robert Christensen is the name on his business card. Hampton Garage is where he is in Catskill. But when I knew him, he was across the river over in, uh, I think, in Livingston, up Route 9 there. I never know where I am. <laughs> I never know what town I'm in, but it's somewhere around there. But I met him in church and was talking about the problems we were having with our Voyager van. You know, the one with the 28 cup holders and <laughs> luggage rack I thought that everybody had at that at late 90s, I guess. And, and it would, uh, and sometimes it would just not want to go, you know. And we had had a lot of work done on it. You know, wires and spark plugs and all kind of coil, I think. I don't know, stuff. I didn't even know what it was. Not by him. But he, I just mentioned, he said, you know, bring it by the shop if you can. He said, it sounds like an oxygen sensor. He said, it's pretty simple, but after a while, they get a little clogged up. And they regulate the air and, and fuel flow depending on how fast you want to go. You know, driving around town, it's a different different mixture. And you want to speed up, it's another mixture. And when it gets clogged up, it didn't, it didn't work right. It won't let you speed up. And I said, oh, you're genius. <laughs> and I meant it. I mean, a mechanical genius. He, to, to, just to, to know it. And he was right. And it's a very simple fix. And we went for months. The, my, my wife was, you know, you know, the late, the wife, the mom, she's not real happy about when the car doesn't speed up when you get out of town, you know. So that was just, I thought, it's like a Christmas miracle, Bob, it is. It's all some kind of whacked out conspiracy. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So I was reading the newsletter from Master Media International. You know, they do the people in the media to pray for every day. And I try to post it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Um, a leader, media leader, cultural <clears throat> influencer and stuff. So I was reading about a lady who was probably barely 30 from Rockford, Illinois, who was in New York uh, doing a play that didn't last all that long, six weeks, I think. So, you know, the producers were having to let him go and stuff. And one of them, 
unbeknownst to them, was working with Disney and wanted them to try out, do some voice tryouts. So Jody Benson did. And that was it. You know, like a lot of things in entertainment, you do a tryout, do an audition, and that's it. Weeks, months go by, that's it. One day, she gets a call from her agent that said, Hey, Jody, you're, you're Ariel. You got it. You got the Ariel. And she's like, What's an Ariel? And what happened was she became the voice of the Little Mermaid in the Disney movie, the Little Mermaid, the voice of Ariel. And that was that movie came out in 1989, one of my daughter's favorites. Now, She's 61 years old, and she's looking back on that. You know, she ended up, changed her whole life because she was in uh, uh, all kinds of spinoffs for it. She's been doing that voice for 30 years, and uh, it's pretty amazing. And I thought, you know, it's interesting. If you, you get all excited, oh, I got an audition, I got something, you know, and you're praying about it and everything, and it's a year. You forgot all about it. And I think it's, I think that's a lesson to us. You know, don't, I mean, yeah, forget about it and stuff like that, but don't give up hope, okay? Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. So, uh, I talked to Captain Kelly about the Salvation Army bell ringing is going on. You know, the Red Kettle campaign in full swing right now. And uh, I know I have friend that's uh, out there ringing the bells, and I want to get a hold of her uh, as right now, I guess, that's what I'm going to be doing. And I, as Shelly, I, I just want to thank you for standing outside there and taking time and volunteering uh, to ring the bell. Thank you very much. Can I tell you a story? Sure. I love people. You know that. I talk too much. I have that gift of gab. So when I get to be of service to ring the red kettle, I'm bouncing off the walls. So I'm I'm there too early to pick up my kettle. <laughs> Usually uh. they deliver them, but because it was Washingtonville and one of the members was out and Captain Kelly had to fill in for the before school program that the Salvation Army offers to the parents that have to go to work, she said, hey, Shell, do you mind swinging by the Army to pick up your kettle? I was like, no, that's perfect. I'm there at 8.30. The Salvation Army opens at 9. Oh, my goodness. So I had a half okay. hour to get myself all excited. I grab my kettle. I rush down to my Washingtonville location. I stand up my kettle. I forgot my gloves. I had my coat. Ooh. I forgot my scarf. And it was windy. Yes. And I'm not used to setting up the kettle because Captain John or Kelly usually sets it up. So I forgot to, like, lock in the board. And I'm ringing my bell, and I'm singing away, and people are coming by and putting an offering in the basket. And this wind comes out of nowhere, and my board went airborne. I mean, like a <laughs> balloon. So oh, it went up in the air 10 feet. I thought, oh, my gosh. They tell you, you know, Shelly, please don't step away from the kettle. Right, right. <laughs> Never leave your kettle. Well, now it's out in the middle of the parking lot. And I'm at the kettle with no sign letting anybody know I'm Salvation Army except my smock. And I'm ringing away. And when I get nervous, I ring as much as I talk. Now I'm ringing nonstop. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. In fact, here's my bell. I'll give you a, you want to hear an audio of what okay. I was doing? I went from this to... <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.